All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Parentel. My name is Kayla, and um, this podcast is basically just a safe space for anyone and everyone to talk about their parenting experiences, their pregnancy experiences, postpartum um, experiences. This is a place, if you have an unpopular opinion, hello, welcome. Please tell us about your unpopular opinion, because I guarantee you that it's actually not unpopular. It's just that society, mainstream society, social media has deemed it, you know, too deep or weird or too dark, too sad. Um, So we're here to shed light on the dark and the sad, but also on the happy. Um, I feel like in every single episode, there is a little bit of both. There are like dark, weird, sad moments. And then there's hilarious, happy moments where we're cracking up and talking about how awesome it is to be a parent. Um, This episode might be a little on the darker side. So just slight trigger warning that we are going to be talking about body image. Um, We may potentially talk about eating disorders, anything having to do with the way you see yourself and body health. So if that is something that Um, you just really don't want to hear right now because you're struggling with it, maybe just turn this off. So just heads up, forewarning, that's what we're diving into today. Um, My guest today is Vanessa Gorelkin. Hi. Hi. Good to be here today. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm in Arizona and it's like an oven, but I am fortunately inside (laughs) in the air conditioning. I could not. I couldn't do it. Like, What's the temperature outside right now? Oh, I'm sure it's over a hundred because oh we're God. in the middle of the heat wave. And I have seen the temperature in my car go up to like 125. If like, <gasps> I'm not. Yeah. It's, it's wow. super hot. Yeah. It's really not compatible with living outside. Basically <laughs> living outside <laughs> doesn't sound <laughs> like it. Um, so teeny bit of background before we dive in about how I know Vanessa. So um, another internet friend, you guys, I always feel like I need to like I know this person through the power of the internet. Thanks, Al Gore. Um, (laughs) So I know Vanessa through Jess, and Jess has been on the podcast. um, Talk about postpartum anxiety. She is the creator and host of Only You, which is a podcast that talks about being um, the parent of an only child and everything that comes with that. So we did, oh my gosh, that was two weeks ago now, Mm -hmm. I think so. Something like that. Sure. Two or three. It goes fast, right? It does. <laughs> um, we did like a short 30 minute live video, the three of us, myself, Vanessa and Jess, and we talked about body image and um, postpartum body acceptance and um, every, basically everything that came out of Vanessa's mouth. I was like, oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> like I just felt like she was speaking like directly to me. I mean, she was, but like, you know what I mean? So um I mean, it was like two days later that I asked you to be on the show for this episode. Um, and you said yes. And I'm really, really excited to kind of like continue our discussion um, because I feel like this is this is a topic. Obviously, I like to talk. I mean, hi. Um, but I feel like um, this is something that I really recently have become aware of within myself. Um, so it, I want to talk about it more and, um, Vanessa is a great person to talk about this with because she is very well-versed in mindfulness and that has a whole lot to do with your relationship with your body. Um, Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah. So she is based in, so she's an occupational therapist, but she specializes in chronic pain, um, mental health and stress management. She, and she does not have, so we're not like only talking about maternal mental health here. You know, she can work with anybody and everybody, and she has a wealth of experience. She's you've been doing this for like over 20 years, right? Yeah. Closer to 30. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I don't look a day over, I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I actually kind of, you know, I think I've earned it. So even if I look my age, which is 50, oh, 50, my husband just turned oh, 50. 50. <laughs> uh, the big five. Oh, uh, I definitely have been out in the field for a long time as an occupational therapist, have lots of experience. And yes, Kayla, thank you for pointing out. I'm not a maternal and child um, health specialist, but my specialty is in occupational therapy and subspecializing in mental health. And that really touches on a lot of the issues I think you talk about in this amazing podcast. And you're really creating, you're part of a wonderful network of people online reaching out and really talking about things that nobody talked about when I was um, a new mom in 2004. So that's what that'll sort of ground us. My son's almost 17. Now that I am a parent in general, I look at parents of older children. I'm like, wow, you guys are like my idols. Like you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Like you made, like you made it, you made it this far. Okay. Like I could do this, but it's also like, teach me, like, tell me everything, (laughs) but we'll get back to that. I'm sure. Mm. Um, so like I said, a couple minutes ago, we're going to be talking about postpartum body acceptance. Um, and of course it was after I sent you my notes that I was thinking more about it. And I was like, wait, it doesn't start after you have the baby. Um, well, for many of us, you know, this, I would say like having body image issues or just feeling uncomfortable with your body, um, begins, I don't know, God, as young as I really, I don't know, like it could honestly start as early as like elementary school, you know, and it makes me feel so sad to say that and like sit here and realize that, but it can, but basically I mean to say that like this stuff doesn't just come up because we've had a baby. It, it is in there, whether we realize it or not, it's in the back of our heads, which I feel like that's been my experience. It, it was deep buried in there. It just has now come to the surface. Um, And we talked on the live video a little bit about when you're pregnant, how Mm -hmm. that's for most, for a lot of people, that's where it really starts. And you're paying attention to your body, obviously, because your body is growing and your body is growing this baby. And Mm -hmm. we talked a lot about um, going to the doctor and how often you go to the doctor when you're pregnant and what's (laughs) the first thing they do when you go to the doctor. Yeah, they weigh you. We talked about that, right? And And that is trying for a lot of folks at any doctor's visit. In fact, you know, there's a lot more chatter on the internet more than ever before about people talking about avoiding seeing a doctor just because Mm -hmm. of the weigh-in, because of the anxiety that that causes. So yes, and for pregnant women, um, not every pregnant woman, I can't speak for that, or pregnant people, I should say. Um, you know, some people feel fine watching those numbers go up. Some people feel a lot of anxiety and uh, all sorts of emotions in between about that way in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the I feel like what every midwife said to me when I was pregnant and from the limited research that I did, I do know that the average weight gain is about 50 pounds. Um, and 
I knew that before I got pregnant and you think it was one of those like, okay, like, all right. Like I thought I was mentally prepared until I wasn't. And it's because it's just really hard for me. At least it was really hard to not have any control over my body Mm -hmm. when my body has been something that pretty much I've always had control over. And all of a sudden I'm sharing it with this other person and it's, you know, you're waking up and one day you look completely different than when you went to sleep the night before. It's such an interesting illusion that we get into that actually we are controlling so much about our appearance and our body and our body size, because Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, we're in far less control. I hate to break it to you and your audience, but we're really in far less control than we think we are. Now we do certain things. And, you know, you mentioned that this was like, you know, trigger warning for anyone with an eating disorder or who finds conversations like this difficult. Um, but, you know, our bodies change repeatedly um, throughout our lifespan, but we're uh, supposed to, and, and I will refer specifically um, to a gender bias, like women are supposed to be, for the most part, at least in our society, thin. And, um, you know, we're supposed to look essentially prepubescent. That mm. is <laughs> that is the look. And so once your body, you know, cha- make, goes through those changes, you go through puberty, your body changes, you have no control over that. I, I don't know if we can remember back when, but we don't get <laughs> it's not a choice and, um, and so on. And then we sort of go through exercises maybe to alter ourselves and things like that. Certainly you can alter your appearance in certain ways, but um, a pregnancy is another time where our body changes and it's not asking for permission from us. We have no control. We we really have to just get on the ride and put on our seatbelt and go. Um, And that's hard. That is really a challenge for folks. Yeah. I feel like it took me, I would say 100% the first trimester. So minimum three months, probably more realistically speaking, four months to get on that train Mm. and just kind of be like, okay, this this is it. This is, this is what we're doing now. Just, you gotta just go with it because if you keep resisting, it's just going to be worse. Um, I remember, um, oh my gosh, I started wearing, I started wearing maternity pants just so much earlier than I thought. And it was, this was probably like one of the first things where I was like, no one told me like I would be out here shopping for maternity leggings when I'm like eight weeks pregnant. But, um, if you've never been pregnant, the bloat, is in your first trimester is insane. Like I just constantly felt like I just finished a huge Thanksgiving dinner, but like pretty much 24 seven. So, and I was still teaching at the time. So I was moving around. I was standing up. I was very active. So I needed comfortable clothing, but buying the clothes wasn't the issue, you know, like that for me, that's not a problem partially because I love to buy clothes. So here we go. (laughs) Right. So, but the, the main issue was that it, yeah, it was like, this was happening without my permission. And I, that's a great way to put it. Cause that's exactly what it was. I didn't say, okay, here we go. Time, time to get bloated and grow a bit. You know, well, I did obviously, but, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, it was just one of those like, oh, I didn't know it was going to make me feel this way. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. I cried the amount of times I cried in my closet because I just, I would just stand there. It took me forever to get dressed because I had all of these clothes. And I remember crying one time and uh, my husband came in and I said, I have all of these clothes that I can wear, 
but they don't look the same on me anymore. Mm-hmm. Sure, they sure they still fit, sure ish for the most part, but they just don't fall the way they used to fall. And so I had this expectation of like, oh, I'm gonna, I love this shirt. I'm going to grab this shirt and wear it. And then I put it on, look in the mirror, and it's like, oh, that's not what I thought it was going to look like. That's oh, that's what I look like right now. I don't recognize that person like, uh, oh, oh, okay. Like I'm, I'm fine. No, not fine. Um, so it's really, I feel like it's a, it's a huge mental shift that we are, that we have to make. And I think so many people, mostly people who, um, you know, have never experienced it, don't understand how hard and how, how hard it is. And also like how loud it can be in your head. Mm-hmm. When just the, just like the quick, simple activity of getting dressed is no longer a quick and simple activity. And it leads you to crying, staring at your clothes. Yeah. And that, that is really hard. And, you know, you mentioned my specialty in mindfulness and that definitely is really where, um, I would say I really put all a lot of my eggs in that basket because it mindfulness provides an answer, uh, over time to a lot of issues that are beyond our control. It's the one thing that we have in our toolbox, uh, or, I mean, there are others as well, but as a therapist is one that I definitely lean on because it really, it's the circumstances are not as important as in the moment there are as you being in that moment and experiencing it as you are. And I mean, it's great that you were able to feel those feelings. I think a lot of the times people don't feel the feelings. They just feel uncomfortable in their body and they can't look in their closet and say, Oh, I don't like how this shirt fits, but they're just like, I feel gross or I feel pain in my back, or I feel, you know, uncomfortable or itchy or whatever. And, um, and a lot of the times it has, it's, it can be informed by the changes Mm. in our body in one way or another. And there is, a point of view in our society that you're supposed to, we talked about this on the live, that you're supposed to have a certain look to your pregnancy and that's the right pregnancy. At least this was my indoctrination. Um, you know, when I was pregnant, you were supposed to be like five foot 10, 120 pounds, and you're supposed to stick a basketball under your shirt. And that would be like what you look like when you're pregnant. And that was not what I looked like when I was pregnant. Cause I didn't look like that before I was pregnant. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't feel like the ideal. And as a matter of fact, I do recall myself in my pregnancy, I had various colleagues at work. I worked all the way through my pregnancy. I worked up until the Friday before I gave birth on Sunday. I was like really seriously working. People would say to me, oh, I can picture this one outfit. And um, my boss at the time said, wow, you look so great. This pregnancy, like you look so healthy. And I was like, I just look disgusting. Like I literally (laughs) felt like, what is she talking about? (laughs) <laughs> but it was a moment of dichotomy for me because I did then go look in a mirror and say, okay, I can, I can see how she thinks it's okay that I yeah. look, you know, I really felt like I looked very wide and mm-hmm. I didn't like that feeling. And when I look back on it, I just want to give that young woman a hug and say, oh my gosh, you're having a healthy pregnancy. Lucky me, lucky me, privileged yeah. to have that luck. Okay. Um, Cause I know some people are not as fortunate, but I was having a healthy, wonderful pregnancy. And yet I would sometimes look in the mirror and really disapprove of what my body was doing. And yet it was doing everything the way it was supposed to do. So yeah, 
it's tough. It's really tough sometimes. I think that looking back, I, again, a healthy pregnancy for me and um, I looked great, you know, and as a matter of fact, there was an upside to this. And it was definitely as a person who um, up until a certain point in my life that is now ended, I was on a diet like every day. And so Mm. it was, and I planned to go right onto like the famous, uh, the most famous points counting uh, plan after Um, I was, I had the plan in my head. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy myself. So between enjoying myself, I would then look at myself and be like, Oh, I don't, I'm gaining too much weight. Yeah. My doctor never said anything to me about it. You know, so I think some of it may have been in my mind, but it's, it's hard to say looking back, but now when I hear young, younger people and young parents talking about their experience of their bodies changing, and by the way, uh, the partner often gets body changes too. Let's not forget. Yeah you know, like the, uh, sympathetic pregnancy issue. So yeah, yeah. when your body changes, when their bodies are changing and talking about it, like it comes up on the internet, I'm, I'm more like sympathetic and feeling like, Oh, I just want to reach out to that person and give them a hug and say, you know, wait, you know, if you wait a while, you'll get more insight and you'll see that, um, your body is doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because looking back on, you know, like, I occasionally in like my, in my memories, it pops up and it's a picture of me pregnant. And I do not think, Oh, I know. Like I immediately like, Oh my God, like I was cute. Like, and it's, it's I saw that picture at the bowling alley with you in the dress. And it's something <laughs> like, um, you guys have to go to Kayla's, um, Instagram, the parentel Instagram and check it out. She's, she's, um, in a dress it's form fitting. It's gorgeous. And she's holding a bowling ball. And I know that the caption is not like, look at this hot mama. It is not that it's like, (laughs) I was ambivalent about this body. I think it was. And it's, it's, it's so interesting how we will be so critical of ourselves. And yet people don't see us with that critical eye. And actually I will just say, you know, not identifying any client of mine in particular, but identifying every single one of them I've ever met, uh, people are worried about what people think. And it it feeds a lot into, you know, self-criticism and really painful thoughts that if you don't know they're happening, it's hard to even get a sense of what to do about those things. Because we can't yeah. sometimes stop critical thoughts. We sometimes have to be like, wow, that. I thought that about myself perspective gives us that, but in the Mm -hmm. moment, that's what mindfulness is for, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely, I really wish often that just maybe for one day I could see myself the way other people see me. Have you ever thought about that? Because, (laughs) because it really is true that like you see yourself so differently in maybe positive, but mostly let's be real, mostly negative ways than other people, you know, your children, your spouse, your friends, and other people see you. And I think it would be like, it would maybe be easier to be nicer and more forgiving to myself if I could for just, yeah, just one day, like be, just see how other people see me. And it's, you know, it's like, part of me is like, why do you care? Like who cares? But like you just pointed out, we, we all care. We all, we all care what other people think about us. And it's, it's just human nature. I, I just feel like it's fine, but you have to really kind of work to find your relationship with that, that works for you. 
Yes, you're absolutely right. But you have more of a superpower than you are aware of, Kayla, and all the listeners do too. And, uh, you know, before, you know, like we should have like a bell that goes ding every time I say mindfulness, because I'll probably say it 600 times. But <laughs> mindfulness and meditation are a very good answer to that. Now, where you can't see yourself necessarily like the way someone else sees you but you can see yourself the way you see you Mm. and getting a little bit of space between your view of yourself and um, yourself can sometimes allow you to have that moment of saying, did I just say I look like a fat pig? Did I just Mm. say that? Cause I know I've said that back in 1994 and 1995 and those years when I would be about to go out with my friends and I was still getting my depression treated you know, I might look in the mirror and say, you're a loser or you can't do this or whatever. And like I said, I was definitively not a loser, but my mind was talking to me like that. And I didn't have the strategies that I have now to be able to make a little space between me and the mean part of me and the bad mm. news that was on in my head. That outfit looks bad. You shouldn't look like that. You're a bad mother. You're, you know, like no one will ever love you. I I could tell you a lot of them, but I bet your listeners and you have a whole list of your own. If you really take a listen to your mind, I've rarely met people. I don't think I've met anyone who tells me they're perfectly unself-critical. It just, it doesn't happen. And what do we do? Whose voice do we hear most in our minds during the day? Your own. Your own, right? Yeah. And so, and I'm fond of saying to people, you know, and anyone who knows me well, just because you think it doesn't make it true, mm. but you think it's true because you thought it, you know? So you have to be able to know you thought it in a, in, like in order to be able to say, gee, I thought it, and then think about it differently. But very important not to force yourself not to think it. We have to kind of learn to ease up and say, it's okay that I thought that because it only happened in my head, but maybe I'm going to think of things uh, differently um, when I can. And I'm also going to accept that sometimes I'm critical of myself and life goes on. I think that's, I am slowly, slowly, I do go to therapy as you all know, because I talk about it all the time. (laughs) Um, I think I'm slowly getting to that place. Um, particularly when it comes to what my body looks like now after having gotten pregnant, birthed an entire baby and, you know, a year ago and kind of just learning to accept kind of the thoughts that are in my head, but also kind of counteracting them and Mm -hmm. nicely being like, "Mm, but is that true? Like, and also just that constant, I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself. And that's one of the ways that I, kind of quiet my negative self-talk is no, no, no. You birthed an entire, like you made a a person like you're pretty fucking cool. I don't really think what your appearance looks like needs to tear you down right now. Like I kind of, my brain is trying to like help me think of the bigger picture because which I mean is so hard, especially with social media and we're all addicted to it and I'm on it way too much. Um, but that is something that helps me to just to constantly remind myself that like all of the things that my body has done for me mm-hmm. and that does now include giving birth to a baby like it's pretty amazing i mean i mean amazing like when you when you really sit and think about it yeah, all the things like 
Yeah. Especially since you didn't think about it, like you're not right. Like, how do I make the fingers? <laughs> like, how am I going to get the hair on the head or not the hair? You know, like you don't get a choice. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think what you're describing when you're talking about reframing negative thoughts um, in therapy terms is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a, a technique that perhaps your therapist uses. Um, and it's very, very good. It's a very, um, you know, basic um, therapy uh, strategy that really does work, particularly for folks who are having um you know, thoughts like what we're talking about, where you would, you might want to reframe that thought. Yeah. So it might be like, uh, you know, uh, maybe Kayla, um, and this is nothing to do with real life, but perhaps you might say to yourself, my body isn't the way it ought to be already after mm. Robin was, you know, Robin's X years old or whatever. So my body's not how it ought to look. So the, the cognitive behavioral reframe is, I birthed a baby. My body looks exactly how it should look. Right. Yeah. And that is great. And I I'm all for it and I've used it, but I will tell you something else. It gets old. Mm. <laughs> you continually reframe those thoughts. And it, again, you have that. This is just my therapeutic point of view. I use some different techniques. My a favorite of mine has C, you know, C and T in it, but it's acceptance and commitment-based therapy, which uses a lot of mindfulness meditation, ding, uh, <laughs> mindfulness again. So, um, because in, in that way, instead of telling yourself, you can't think it, you can reframe it and say, really, that's not true, but you know what? I already thought it. And so I'm going to just, you know, know that I thought that and recognize it and then make, I keep, you know, like a space between me and that thought there's nothing wrong. And I totally do. I'm not, you know, knocking cognitive behavioral therapy, it has good evidence behind it. Um, but rounding it out as well with um, if that thought gets really intrusive and annoying, and um, you can't, you're no matter how you reframe it, like, for example, the loser thought, like, or I'm a bad mother, kind of thing, you know, like looking in the mirror and being like, I'm not having as much, I definitely had this, I'm not having as much fun with this baby as I should. You know, mm -hmm. um, I could have reframed that 600 times. I never would have been okay with the reframe. But if I could talk to myself back then, again, boy, I would like to get a time machine. I would <laughs> say to me, it's okay that you're not having a good time. You're tired. Yeah. You're feeling. Your baby is crying. It's exhausting. You're up a lot of the night breastfeeding. I was breastfeeding. So sometimes when the reframe won't work, it helps to accept. It helps to do something called radical acceptance, which is just like, okay, so I feel that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm also going to go on with my day and not um, continue in this like kind of mind spiral and um, let it stop me from being, uh, finding joy in other things and, and so on. I'm simplifying, but that's an, I, the idea of acceptance and commitment-based therapies. I'm sure everyone would benefit from this because what we talked about before, there's no one who is not critical of themselves, at least at one point in time. And I feel like no one is as critical of themselves as a new parent. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, mm -hmm. you're criticizing everything. And a lot of it, a lot of the time you're so critical because you think I'm not supposed to feel this way. I'm not supposed to look this way because of what we have been shown in movies and TV and I don't know, Instagram, <laughs> yeah, Instagram, <laughs> fucking Instagram. <laughs> um, it's, it's the exact. So when our real life experience is almost the exact opposite 
of the highlight reel that we're constantly exposed to. So we think that is real life and we think that's supposed to be our life. But when our real experience is the exact opposite, it almost makes it even harder to deal with knowing that those highlight reels are right there Mm -hmm. and you're being shown these like super cute pictures of these parents who are like, oh my gosh. And I've said this to my husband before. This was probably like three, four or five months ago. I, I was like comparing my body to the body of people who had given birth after me. And if they, and if I'm telling you, like, and if I'm being like super honest with you guys, like, cause I don't care, but if they were thinner than me, or if they looked less like physically postpartum than me, like God help them because I would be fucking pissed. <laughs> like I would be so upset with them, but also with myself. And it was one of those of like, why? And it's so stupid. Even saying out loud, I'm like, oh my God, come on girl. But it would be like, why doesn't my body recover as fast as theirs? Or like, why do they look like that? And their son's only five months old and my son's nine months old. And I look like this again, saying it out loud. I'm like, oh my God, hello. It's because you're two different people with two different experiences and it doesn't matter what they look like, you know? So I can definitely, once I say it out loud, it's like, that's no stop. But it's so hard when, again, that's what we're constantly looking at. And Mm -hmm. so when you're not wearing your pre-pregnancy jeans or whatever you think you should be doing. And you don't look super cute and you don't look as cute in that romper as you thought you were going to, or, you know, the mom fluencer who has five children is a size two. It just wears on you. So Mm -hmm. just to say, like, if you're feeling that you're not alone, I've 100% felt that way many, many times. I still every now and then still feel that way. Absolutely. To this day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just this thing that I feel like we're constantly working on, but it's a sick cycle because you feel like you feel good about yourself. You're like, Oh, okay. Like you have that acceptance where you're like, you know what? This is what I look like now. I don't need, I'm not supposed to look the same my entire life. I'm not supposed to look like a prepubescent child anymore because I'm not. I'm a parent. I'm 30 years old. I have a child, like, and I have body hair. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when what you see is not what is reflecting, what you see on social media is not is what being reflected back to you in the mirror. Mm-hmm. It's just the constant battle of like, oh. So that's what people like. So that's what I'm supposed to look like. So that's what's attractive. That's what parents are. That's what all moms look like. And it's just, it's really, really, it's really toxic. Yeah, it is. And it's a shame too, because um, the fact of the matter is that um, you're right. Like when you use the word highlight reel, you know, highlight on Instagram, that's a highlight. Yeah. Not a low light, a high yeah, this is this is like uh, you know not really real life. And you know when I think about um, you know the value of Instagram and the value of TikTok for getting my uh, frustrations out. That's how I, <laughs> I do a lot of frustration videos um, and other things. Um, you know when you're on social media, there is value because I mean you and I would not be having this conversation. Right. Um, Jess, who you mentioned earlier from One and Done, she and I are literally we created a mindfulness workshop together for people who are parents. Um, 
because of social media. So that's such a plus. And there are creators like you, there are creators like Jess, um, there are creators all over Instagram. If you're if you're like cultivating your feed around, yeah. not around the um, influencer who has like the perfect bod, mm-hmm. I usually click away and sometimes say not interested, just like an Instagram tip tip on that. But, you know, I wouldn't throw uh, the proverbial baby out with the bathwater because social media is good, right? In a lot of ways we can connect, we can meet people, we can help people. Uh, Hopefully we're going to help somebody today who's feeling maybe like a new mom who's like, I'm not having fun either. Oh, that's really a thing, you know, or, uh, you know, or I'm feeling self-critical people really, that really is true. Two moms, like one 17 years later and one who's a much newer mom, you know, this is really the real deal. And um, all of it is not beautiful, gauzy, you know, uh, you know, white linen, um, the perfect filter. The and that's really a fantasy. Mm. It's a fantasy. Yeah. It's perfect. No one has a perfect baby or a perfect life. Even if they have a baby nurse 24 seven, they don't mm. look perfect every single minute either. Yeah. It's just what we're supposed to see. I will say one of the things I can't remember if I've said it on the show before. One of the ways that I remind myself that these are just people, like these are people just like me. They, mm. You know, yeah, they're not perfect and they are giving us what they want us to see. And I do the exact same thing. Um, but I, one of the things I always say to myself is like, nope, like all these people poop, like all these people poop at the end of the day. Every yeah. single one of these people has had diarrhea before. Every <laughs> And that immediately, immediately I'm like, all right, they're just, they're regular people. Like, cause everybody poops. And I, that's just like something that I always go to in my head to try and like humanize if I need to humanize someone in order to make them like less threatening to me or <laughs> less intimidating. I'm telling, I'm so, <laughs> I'm always thinking like, well, this person, this person poops, this person has had like food poisoning, like these, you know, these things that are not cute and not glamorous have still happened to these people. These people on social media are not cute and glamorous 24 seven. It's, they're just not, I just like, how can you expect me to enjoy every part of this? Like, how could someone ever expect another human being to enjoy basically like giving every single ounce of themselves to someone else when, Mm -hmm it's not sustainable for your own self, you know, like, of course, you're not going to enjoy this all the time. Of course, you're going to have body image. Well, maybe not. Of course, most people, of course, if you have body image issues, I'm talking to you, of course, you're going to have body image issues because your body just completely transformed. Like you are not the same physically. You're not the same as you were nine, 10, 12 months ago. And it's as hard as that is to accept if we try some radical acceptance and just like, yeah. Okay. So what? Like, yeah, I, I don't fit those clothes anymore. Okay. Give them away. Go buy new clothes, mm-hmm. buy clothes that fit you. And then yeah. you'll, you'll feel better and you'll look fucking good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe don't look in the mirror as much. That's another thing you can honestly do, because I think it's a way that we poke at ourselves. If we're not feeling so great, like you go and examine yourself and then you look at all angles. Does this look okay? Mm-hmm. Um, 
sometimes it's just good to like take away, you know, extinguish that painful stimulus for a little while, because really, if you, and if you happen to be home, uh, fortunate in this way to be home with baby, um, don't look in the mirror, you know, like really just be prehistoric about it. There is no mirror. <laughs> <laughs> end of the day. Because, you know, the thing is that a lot of this um, stuff where we think we don't look perfect or we think we don't look a certain way is meant is, is, is part of the industrial complex selling us stuff to smell better, mm. look better, be thinner, be uh, more muscular, name it, be, be something that it is that we are not. Because if you are settled with what you are, um, then, you know, you're not going to buy anything to yeah. improve yourself. It's slowly changing and women and anyone really who felt like a certain standard has been forced onto them are kind of saying, no, I like, I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to do that. I don't have to have, I don't have to be 65 and have my brunette hair color still, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, I think we are slowly in all realms, but especially I feel like women and especially um, moms are slowly changing the narrative. And, you know, we are normalizing discussions like this and talking about mental health and like what really happens after you have a baby, what really happens when you have a baby. Um, and that includes, and I think a lot of those discussions include appearances. Um, and I, it's such a, you know, I am so glad that this is happening because it does make me feel, I guess, less pressure to like change myself, I guess. I think it really is that radical acceptance that we need so much more of. Because if we were all more collectively radically accepting of ourselves, then it wouldn't, we wouldn't see so many highlight reels that looked the complete opposite of us. Mm -hmm. Instead, Mm -hmm. the highlight reels would look like us and it would see that changing actually there's more i mean maybe not in parenting but there's definitely more representation of larger bodies and mm-hmm. people like um who are really kind of pushing up against the boundary of you know the the quote unquote perfect body whatever that may be and you're seeing a lot more of that representation but i'm not sure actually as i think about it so much in the mom or parent space it's i know like the fashion influencer space. But, you know, I mean, of all the things that we could expect from people who are giving birth is that their body will be different. It is the rare person who walks out of the hospital and looks identical. I don't know if there is a person there probably is, but I I would be afraid that maybe something had been wrong with that pregnancy. It's healthy to gain weight during pregnancy. I, you mentioned the average weight gain. Um, I think that has literally changed over time. I remember my mom once telling me it's 30 pounds. Like I don't don't know. My mother's not an OBGYN, so I have no idea. But at the end of the day, if you're sort of eating in this, um, (laughs) here we go, ding, mindfulness. If you're eating mindfully, which means that you are feeding your body when you are hungry mm-hmm. and you are, you know, generally stopping when you've had enough to eat, which happens anyway. I always say that to people when I recommend mindful eating, like, but you know, for the most part, if you're, if you're do if you're mindfully uh, eating in a pregnancy, I think your body is probably going to do what it needs to do. And that is gain weight most of the time. Yeah. 
you know, and bloat, like you said, too. We take a lot of, oh, gosh, I remember when I came home from the hospital and I couldn't get my sneakers on because I. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So bloated. Um, So, I mean, yeah, it's it's um, but it's a long time ago already for me now. So I don't think about this as much. And I would Mm. say to, again, anyone who's suffering or finding things difficult right now, just hang on, tie another knot, hang on to the end of the rope again, because you know, things do change things. That's something you can count on for sure. Like today may be hard. Uh, and certainly if you're really suffering, please reach out for help. There's crisis lines. There's, you know, even if you don't have any money to pay, um, or there's a therapist take sliding fee scales, like I do, you know, there's lots of resources out there. So don't go it alone. But if you're just sort of having a bad day, one thing you can do is be like, well, I get to start over tomorrow. Like yeah. tomorrow's it's not as easy as just saying it, but love the body that built the baby. No, that's beautiful. You know, (laughs) I, I, I'm sure I saw it on fucking social media somewhere. (laughs) And that's how social media is a plus. I really like that. I don't think I have ever heard that expression. Love the body that built the baby. It's actually nice because, you know, uh, it's gender nonspecific too. And I think that one of the things that, you know, people who are in a certain space in social media are trying to do is make space for all genders and all sexualities, because all of those various things, all different types of people and relationships and folks have babies. That's, that's a common denominator, but how you identify yourself and and who you are, um, you know, but love the, love the body that built the baby is really nice. Even for someone who had a really tough yeah. birth too, you know, I mean, birth, I've been learning a lot about birth trauma and various, um, illnesses that come up as a result of, or conditions related to pregnancy. And it's, I think it's particularly hard for those people. Yeah. So, Times they've been sick or baby has been in the, uh, the NICU and that's really hard, but, um, not, but, and, but that body did build a baby. Yeah. You still did it. You, you still did it. And it's, you know, it's like what you said before, your body doesn't need permission to do it, mm-hmm. which is, one no. of the, which is the main frustrating thing, but it's also one of the coolest parts because, it's going, it's going to happen. It's going to do what it needs to do. Um, it's yeah. hard in the moment, but it's going to be fine. And you do have to have such a large amount of respect and love for your body for yeah. it to just be able to do that. We're like, okay, all right, you go to sleep. I'll keep making these toes. Right. Like, Oh my God. (laughs) You know, I am thinking back to our live and the fact that we were talking about, it's like, you know, it's a privilege to have never considered your weight or your body image or your size before pregnancy. And some people may feel um, that they never thought about it twice until they're pregnant. um, And some people haven't, but in the end, I, I would say, um, a good way to think about it is maybe it's not your weight. Maybe it's what your nose is like, or are your lips big enough? I, all this social media with the fillers, people in yeah. the fillers. So again, uh, I guess I am judging. I am judging. Uh, I wish people would leave themselves alone more, uh, because yeah. it's just sort of a shame to see like beautiful young women who are really altering their appearance to look like some we'll say it again, industrial complex ideal somewhere in the industrial complex. uh, The Kardashians decided for us that you need to have big lips and look a certain way and have like a, you know, 
20 inch waist or whatever. And it's just ridiculous and impossible. And I think they have trouble keeping up with themselves, let yeah. alone everybody else. So, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it can be tough, tough. It can. It's, you know, it's, you have to remind yourself that Photoshop exists and <laughs> every single, like every single poster, um, advertisement you see has been Photoshopped. Mm. Unless there's that, oh my gosh, who was it? I think it was Kate Winslet for the show that she's on right now that I can't remember the name of that someone is shouting right now as they're listening to it. Um, <laughs> I can't, but she she refused um, to uh-huh. have her like the back of her arm photoshopped or something like that. And it turned into this article because they kept trying to like send the Photoshop version to the magazine. She said, no, like, that's not what I look like. That's not my arm. And it's Mm -hmm. really important to remember a, everybody poops and B like everything has been Photoshopped and filtered. And even the model doesn't really look like that in real life, if you were to see that model walk down the street right next to his or her ad, you would see like, oh, they don't even, they look like a regular, regular person. And it's really important to just constantly remind yourself of that because it'll make you, um, and you know, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but it will make you care about that stuff less. If you're like, oh, that's literally, like, that's literally not real. Like I know they made their thighs thinner. They made their arms thinner. They gave them bigger abs or whatever. And it's not real. You are real. Right. And you gave birth to a baby or you helped support someone who gave birth to a baby and your body is what matters. Stop Mm -hmm. paying attention to other people's bodies. Again, so much easier said than done, but you know, maybe go off social media for a day, take your mirror off your wall. Um, maybe just don't take pictures of like, don't take a selfie like for a day. So then you scrutinize it or you put the filter on it. That makes you look less tired. Um, just Mm -hmm. give yourself a break. Yeah. And be aware also that as you are, um, consciously able to see these, um, influences that there's a lot of this influence that's like very, very deep inside of us Mm. such that, um, it's, it's sometimes really hard to talk yourself out of it. And, um, when that's coming up again, mindfulness, the, um, and acceptance and saying to yourself, you know, kind of asking yourself, am I taking care of myself? Am I doing what I can? Uh, I think we, we had an Instagram exchange, you and I, where I, where, you know, if you're questioning, are you a good parent? You, you probably are a good parent. Cause you're taking the time to think about, are am I a good parent? Yeah. So it's the same. It's the same model theoretically is like, you know, am I, am I okay? Am I taking care of myself? If you're asking yourself that question, then there's some meaning behind it. And it's probably not that you're doing a terrible job. Maybe it is like, oh, you know, I'm noticing that I'm not, um, you know, because I have a little tiny infant that, that I really am not drinking enough water during the day. And I feel like I'm getting headaches Then drink more water. I feel like I'm not getting enough, um, you know, fresh fruit and I have access to that. Then, then add some fresh fruit, but it doesn't have to be like, uh, you know, cut up in a beautiful acai bowl or whatever (laughs) or avocado to avocado toast, like just scoop out an avocado or a quarter of it with your, with your spoon and stand at your counter. If you need to, it's, it's not about looking like the Instagram post. It's about doing the best that you can do. And as a parent, especially 
it's very demanding. You have gone from just only taking care of yourself to having a whole dependent human being. And little babies, um, when they're new in houses, are very scary. That tiny little, you know, seven or eight pound bundle is like oh my God. very mofo, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how could I ever be this uh, terrified of something that is, like, <laughs> you know, I can hold with one arm next to my body, but they, they're they pretty scary. Kids are resilient um, and they also see what you're doing. So as you're mm-hmm. growing and your kids are growing, you want to make sure that the messages that you're really hoping that they will absorb um, from you are not ones of self-hatred and self-criticism, yeah. but finding value in oneself. And and that's really important too. It's not an easy job, but it's a, it's a worthwhile job for us as, as parents to explore ways to um, find ourselves to be okay, instead of buying into the consumer kind of point of view that you have to have this um, concealer, or you need to wear this outfit, or you need these new clothes or that new phone or whatever Uh, you're, you can be, you can leave yourself alone and actually just exist. And it's, can be pretty cool like that. Yeah. We don't have to constantly be trying to improve our, you know, like our physical appearance. We can, we can leave it alone. You're really okay. How you are. Cause you're, you're how you're supposed to be. And it's okay to get off your own back. Uh, thank you for telling. Thank you. Cause (laughs) yeah. I'll tell myself that too. Cause I can, you know, I've done a lot of work in my life and like, and as you indicated, I'm like your mom's age or a little, you know, <laughs> you're younger. My parents are, my parents are older. It really, it doesn't matter, you know, how old you are. You can love yourself at any age, but you have, to, but it is, you know, what you pointed out before, like you have to be taught that. And mm-hmm. so when you're a parent, your children are watching, especially as they get older. And if they constantly, you know, you get your picture taken as a family, you look at it. Oh, I look fat. Yeah, they hear that. They Mm -hmm. hear everything. I will tell you, because my son is, like I said, nearing 17, the things that he has picked up on that we've said over the years, children hear you and, um, you know, they also see you. And if you are really, if you're worried about um, giving a, a, a body image issue to your child, the number one thing you can do is take care of your own body image issues. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really important. And I like we, we've sort of indicated this. Um, it's hard. Sometimes therapy is expensive. There's workbooks. There's a lot of information on Instagram and other kind of uh, social media platforms. And what I would truly suggest is teach your feed that you don't want to see people on diets mm. and numbers of weight and the influencers who are selling the essential oils that are supposed to fix you and things like that and try to look towards um, more body positivity and health at every size is a good hashtag mindful eating is a good mm. hashtag um, some of those have been hijacked, I think, by um, influencers mm. who uh, are using them in different ways. But at the end of the day, um, you know, just do your best to try to stop those messages from from flooding you all the time. And one way yeah. to do that, turn off the social media or change the social media actively uh, on your own by telling social media, no, I'm not interested in that anymore. Uh, my perspective is that uh, when I was, <laughs> sorry, when I was your age, when I was your age, Kayla, I felt like you did. I mean, I, mm. I was you, you could be me. I could be sitting in that chair. Um, we're looking at each other on zoom. 
Um, so it's, it's, it's hard one it's long run. And, um, but I think you guys do have a running start this generation of folks, because you are on the internet with each other. So you can choose the influence that you want to watch. If you want to watch the Kardashians, you're probably going to want to look like them, Mm. but if you want to sort of leave that to the side or really be active in knowing to yourself, like, this is not what people look like. These are people who are like dressed up as models all the time and in a fake house and in a fake environment, um, or something like that, or you want to choose to cultivate your social media feed. So you're seeing people who actually look like you, you can probably find them. Instagram is not pushing them out there to the, (laughs) to the front of the feed, but you can, you can probably find them. And you can also follow people who are followed by people that you think are, you know, I'll use the, the mental health language safe for you. Mm. safe people. Um, and unfollow people who don't feel safe to you anymore. The perfect mom with the gauzy linen who is like never mm. had a thing go wrong. Unfollow her and find somebody who's like motherhood's hard. Like find those people. There's a lot of them, right? Yeah. Kayla's fun. I was going to say me, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you can certainly follow me, but you're going to get a whole lot of other, um, political stuff and, uh, women's lib and, you know, leftist kind of politics, but I don't think that's bad either. I'm just <laughs> person. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think most of our listeners think that's bad either. And if okay, they do, yeah. they've stopped listening. So yeah. bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been, I mean, this has been everything that I, you know, this is what I wanted. And I told you this before we started recording. Um, I, I've had this episode in my head, in my notes on my phone since January, February. And I asked two other people, um, if they were interested in doing it and they both like strung me along a teeny bit and then they eventually said no. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to do this by myself. I'm not going to sit here and talk to myself. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, like I wasn't going to have my husband, you know, like I wanted someone who had been there, someone who has given birth before someone who also has experience in talking about this and coping with this. Um, so I'm so glad that I found you, but it, you know, it, it speaks to the issue itself that it took me so long to find someone who was comfortable talking about this with me. And I don't take that for granted. And I mean, as I was sitting here right before we got on zoom, I just like, I was very fitted fidgety and I didn't realize why. And then I realized it was because I was nervous. I was nervous to talk about this stuff because, you know, like I'm a real person, like this is how I really feel. And this is my real life. And I have you know, my body has changed so much. I got pregnant almost two years ago. In the last two years, my body has changed so much and it has really affected me. It's really, really hard. So just, I just wanted to highlight that like, this shit is really, really hard. And, you know, we're sitting here and we're giving you some ideas or some suggestions of what you can do to, you know, make yourself feel better or work on your mental health and work on your mindfulness but all that aside, like this is really, it is really, really hard. So if, you know, you're kind of listening to this and you're like rolling your eyes at it, or you're just not hearing it, hear this, it is really fucking hard. You know, like this is, and it's like what you said, 20 something years ago, you were me 20 Mm -hmm. years. Like this, yes, this is a long, it's a long journey. And I know that I'm going to deal with this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And just know that it is very hard, but you're also not alone in feeling that it's hard. You know, like you're not the only, I know, I know this, but I feel like a lot of times, especially when I was very new postpartum, mm-hmm. 
And it was, I was in the comparison stage and like, oh my God, what that person gave birth two weeks after me and they look so much skinnier and, you know, like turn that shit off. It's so hard. You're not alone in feeling Mm -hmm. that you just don't recognize yourself or you just feel uncomfortable with your body because you're, it's a brand new body and you're just Mm -hmm. not used to it. It takes a long time to get used to it. I posted something back in February, uh, early March. And Robin was about 10 months old. And that honestly, that was when like at his 10 month mark, that was when I finally started to really feel quote back to normal and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. term like physically, mentally, emotionally, like that's a long, it's a long time. So just keep going. Do, you know, like, like we said, take down the mirror, get some therapy, you know, <laughs> eat when you're hungry. Don't eat when you're not hungry. Get rid of the apps, stop the dieting, yeah. try, try to pr- trust yourself. And, um, you know, I would also say, uh, you know, not to be contradictory, but I, your life isn't going to go back to normal because you it's have not. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad, but um, it's it's forever altered. If you are a parent and you're parenting that child, um, that's not a bad thing. My no. my child is amazing um, and beautiful, wonderful, adorable, funny, frustrating, and annoying. Like he's all those things. Yes. He's, great. <laughs> he's a person, you know. But uh, it's your life will not be the same. And um, really, from day to day, you're not the same. And if you allow yourself to be okay to, with being different and allow the experiences you've had in your life to weave into the fabric of your life, rather than trying to throw them in the trash and say, that didn't happen, that wasn't relevant, and just say, this is making me who I am. And the struggle sometimes makes you who you are. Um, so last two questions, how has being a parent changed you as a person? Um, well, I would say that for the most part, my being a parent has taught me that I don't control a lot of stuff mm. that I thought I did. Uh, and additionally, that um, perfectionism is really a path to misery and following your child's lead is a really, really great idea. Um, and, and they typically, um, get an idea of who they are fairly young. And if you allow them the space, they will show you things and teach you things. And so it's, instead of having a picture in my mind of like what my ideal child is, you know, more and more, it's like, um, what is, what is he like? What, how is he growing? Who is he? And getting to know him. Um, hopefully that's kind of an answer is just like, yeah, being able to explore and let go of the control piece. Although I bet my son and my husband would laugh at me if they heard me <laughs> let go of controlling things. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Evil laugh. Not really true. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Okay. <laughs> it's hard as we have talked about and discussed many times, it is very hard for us to, you know, let go. And, but it, yeah, being a parent is, I mean, giving birth is like the first big lesson in letting go of control because you ultimately do not have control over your child's, you know, personality, characteristics, life choice, you know, 
You don't, you don't have control over the birth. Here's a very tiny, like quick vignette from my um, childbirth. Um, I, which fortunately was an easy and normal one, um, but it went very quickly, went into labor and I was like really in labor very fast. Um, and so I, at before I was um, in the hospital, I'm a healthcare professional and I was working in hospitals at that time. And I said, no residents. I don't want any residents. I only want my attending there. And that's it. Like, you know, I, I used my insurance, very privileged. Anyway, I used my insurance. I want the attending. Da, 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 da. Well, uh, guess what? I couldn't have cared who gave birth, you know, like what was happening. Like, I'm like, get me. I want, I had an epidural. I'm like, I was, I, oh, okay. Here's like another little bit of the puzzle. I was in such hard labor that I was grabbing onto the bed rails. And I think I was, must've been in transition. That's what they call it. Right. And I was grabbing the bed rails. You could see the bones in my fingers. And I said to my husband, I want to go home. Like, let's go. I want to go home. <laughs> and he was like, excuse me. I have never seen him move that fast. And he's a very fast runner. He like ran out of the room, got the nurse. And I couldn't have cared who was in the room. Like, right. birth, you know, like, so anyway, it is the ultimate, um, hey, guess what? You're not in control of this uh, very much either. You're just going to have to like literally give birth to a whole being, you know, from yeah. your loins, as they say. <laughs> I think that's the last time that I said, um, yeah, like I want to go home when I was like, giving birth, in the middle of giving birth, uh, um, that I had any control over anything. Like I that. think that's the best thing <laughs> I've ever heard that someone has said, like in <laughs> labor. Or you, like, I want to go home. <laughs> Like, I want to go home. Get me. I mean, I don't need, I don't think I was like delirious. I was like, Oh, I'm sure. Here. I don't like it. I yeah. want to go. <laughs> um, so lawn chair moment. Um, you know, and if you're new and you don't know what a lawn chair moment is, um, it's in our very first episode, guest was also named Vanessa. We, she was almost, she was like past her due date. She was very pissed that she was pregnant. She was impatient for her daughter to get here. And her mom said, Vanessa, this is the last time you're going to get to do whatever you want. And she literally said, go, go sit on the corner of the street in a lawn chair and just watch the world go by because it's, things are about to really change for you in a big way. Mm -hmm. So a lawn chair moment has just come to represent a time where you put yourself first for the first Mm -hmm. time in maybe a long time. And you've just been able to take care of yourself. So what has been your lawn chair moment lately? Well, I would say the, um, the big lawn chair chair moment for me, has been like leaving my job and go my full-time job at an academic medical center and doing, um, telehealth, mental health therapy, because it was not, um, the way that my job wanted to go after the pandemic, uh, was starting to get under control, but I loved teletherapy. And I thought, you know, I'm really helping people. It's very obvious they're being helped. Their outcomes were good. And so it was a huge decision to back away from like a really, really uh, meaningful uh, career place for me. Mm. Uh, but I'm so glad that um, about the way it has gone and how the way it's going and, and growing for me. But I also want to say one other thing about it. And that is that as far as the perspective that you're at right now, where you're like, you know, things you'll, you know, this is, you have to take care of yourself because it's sort of like, this is, you, you don't have so many chances. I want to say to uh, folks that actually, as your children get older, they take care of themselves more and you do have more time to yourself. And so thank God. 
feel like you don't. And I'm not, I'm encouraging self-care as much as you can, but if you don't feel like you have time, more time will come because those things like feeding, dressing, bathing, um, all the basic self-care things for your child, they start to learn to do those things. I know it takes a long time, but trust me when I tell you it's not forever. And so, um, and as much as you can be in that moment with the frustrations, the fears, the exhaustion, sometimes anger, um, and sometimes joy, and just be in that moment because um, that is that is the time you're in right now. And then there will be another time later. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's really, I mean, I'm one of those people who I feel like I don't spend enough time being in the moment. You're mm-hmm. constantly thinking about what's coming next or wishing that this moment were over. And it is true. Yeah. It's, it's worth it to be in the moment. Cause it's just, it's what's happening right now. Just pay attention. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know we went longer than this always happens to me. Cause again, I like to talk, um, but thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And just, you know, giving us some insight, especially talking about the mindfulness. Um, I think I would, you know, I really think that more people need access to that you know, like not enough, not enough of us have access to it or have learned about it or been taught about it. And it makes a difference. So thank you so much. You're welcome. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.